Hey, Nelson, alcoholic addict. Not my real name. That is a pen name that I use here at LOL Sober, my newsletter. I was at a meeting recently where we read the part of the big book where steps six and seven are introduced, and those are the steps that obviously deal with character defects. And I almost always shake my head in disbelief because it's only two paragraphs long. It's one section of sober literature, which I love. I love almost all of our readings that have been produced over the years. But it's the one spot where I really wish the founders had stretched their legs a little bit and, and given us more. Tell us more. I want to hear more of the th original thought process. Uh, there's a couple other sections of the big book we could probably delete uh, and, and add in more about step six and seven. But I was not editing uh, the big book in 1940. So here we are. I say that because character defects are complicated to deal with, very complicated. I found them really hard to get my arms around because, you know, some some days something I think is a character defect isn't. It helps me, and some days it's not. You know, sometimes I'm mad and it helps me get inspired to go to the gym, etc. And so character defects can rise and fall and disappear and come back and then disappear again and then come back and my... My opinion on them can change from week to week, and um, so I love I love the twelve and twelve book, which devotes a full chapter to each of those steps and how to work them, how to understand them. And I also got to get a plug in for the book Drop the Rock, which is not conference approved sober literature, but it is written by alcoholics and who have an understanding of 12-step improvements, and so I love that book. It's about 125 pages long. It will not take you a month to read. It deals with steps six and seven in a really digestible but important way. Um, there's probably 40 anecdotal stories in there from people that um, are, you know, they're short. They're short anecdotes, three, four paragraphs long, short and sweet, um, And but each one brings up how a specific character defect has affected them. And I found it to just be an awesome supplemental piece of reading about a crucial topic that is, in my humble opinion, just in one man's opinion, it's a little underserved in our core literature, in my opinion. What I really want ended up meditating on a little bit after we read that the other night at the meeting was this idea of, what is a character defect exactly? Because I bet my list of things that cause me enough pain to want to change, that's important, right? These are things that, that might be good or bad, I don't know, but, they, but I want them to change. I need them to change to stay sober. My list of those things is it's different than lots of other people, and theirs is different than mine. Um, I bet I have some things on my list that a year from now I... I I don't think it is character defect anymore, and so I take it off, and then I put it back on. It just, it, it's just constantly moving. It's, you know, sand moving beneath our feet. The specific example that came up at the meeting the other night was really interesting. It was swearing. Is swearing a character defect? I guess the better way to say that is, is swearing a character defect for you? Because I think lots of people have dealt lots of different opinions on that, if you pay attention to this newsletter, you can guess what my opinion is. My opinion is no, it's not a character defect because I swear all the time. I actually like it. I find it funny. I find it the most authentic way for me to communicate. Uh, in my head, I'm dropping F-bombs and calling you a shithead and everything else and then working through that to get to a more spiritual place. But to not swear 
it's inconsistent with who I am. And, and yet, and yet the reason I'm bringing this up is I got sober at a meeting where the group conscience was no swearing at the meeting. The chairperson of the meeting was supposed to jump in if someone swore and say, excuse me, our policy here is no swearing. Please don't swear. We had a laminated sign on the wall and everything. Once you laminate a sign, it's, it's, it's fact. It's happening. It's, it's the constitution. Um, I originally thought that we had that policy because it was, it was because we were in a church and the church had asked us to curb bad language. No, that wasn't true. I asked about it. The secretary for the meeting said the group had discussed it before many times, actually, um, because we were in New York city and people let it fly in the city. I got to tell you, it ain't, uh, um, other parts of the country where, <laughs> where it's frowned upon New York city, you swear. Um, but it had come up many times according to the secretary and they decided for this meeting, they believed that serenity and swearing did not go together. So there was no swearing at this meeting. Uh, and I abided by that rule for a while. And I, I found myself kind of liking it. I believed that I started to believe that I had this lower urge of my, my soul to drop F bombs and sprinkle in swear words just for a, for the effect. I like the effect. And, but by eliminating it for an hour every day, I found myself feeling like a little more serene. And I, so I started trying not to swear at all. And I got pretty good at it. I realized I, I didn't need it. I, nothing changed in my life. Not for the worse. Anyway, I felt fine without it. Didn't really hinder my ability to communicate. And I'm not sure anybody ever noticed. Nobody ever said to me like, hey, have you stopped swearing? You haven't sworn since last Tuesday. No one said that. But I did feel like maybe not swearing gave me a confidence and a command and sort of a professionalism that might have brought me a little more respect in some settings. And also not for nothing, um, I was a young, I was a father of young kids. And when you're raising kids, you got to clean up your language around them too. So the, these things all collided at that same period of my life. And during that period, not swearing became this thing that I bottled up for short periods of time. And then, um, and then I did, I did have an explosion of shit ass fuck dick, you know, and so on. <laughs> um, but for the most part, I was not swearing very much. And it was a real lifestyle change. I got to tell you, I did it for about a year like that. Um, and then I started to drift and I'd let my potty mouth back into the conversation. And it didn't really cause me any pain either once I started swearing again. Um, and then a few years later, um, I started doing stand up. And I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to blame stand up comedy for my potty mouth. But let me tell you, people laugh at swear words. They like them, they just do. <laughs> and in those settings, nightclubs and stuff, people are, are primed and there's, uh, you know, it's not a, uh, Sunday afternoon in church. Okay. It's, it's a rowdy crowd and you drop, you drop in an F bomb in the right spot at the right amounts. You don't want to overdo it. The crowd roars, man. They love it. And so that increased my, that gave me an incentive to use bad language. And, um, but then I had this moment where I was like, you know what? Some of the best comedians I know, they use either minimal swear words or they don't swear at all. And, um, so I decided to try that for a little while and it was quite hard, let me tell you. Um, but I tried and I had some success I had a couple, I had some good nights, um, no swearing. And then one night I was bombing on stage. It, the crowd was just, it was a rowdier, younger crowd and, um, talking about my kids and stuff. It just was, it was just, I was bombing 
and uh, it was like a PG-13 version of my act, and I was just absolutely torpedoing, and I felt this flop sweat under my pits, and I started to speed up. I talk faster when I'm nervous and and bombing on stage, and so I sped up, and I just, I just went full R rating. Every joke, I added in a flurry of words that would <laughs> make uh, Marines cover their ears, you know, and it worked. It, honestly, it worked. I got more laughs than I would have, and um, I've been away from the stage for about a year now, so I've, I think I've settled into like a comfortable level of swearing in my life. I still think I could probably do fine without any swear words, and I definitely think I could lop off maybe twenty percent of the bad words I throw out there, and I'd feel maybe I'd feel a little better about myself. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll work on that. So, so I guess bottom line is swearing a character defect. Well, my answer would be it depends on the fucking day. <laughs> Thank you for letting me share.